0: And welcome to Reliving My Youth, the show where we look back at pop culture from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. My name is Noel Fogelman. My guest today is extremely talented singer-songwriter Rachel Sage, who is set to release her 13th full-length album, Myopia, on May 4th. We talk about the album. Rachel just finished touring with Howard Jones. She tells me about that experience, as well as Howard's reaction to her cover of No One Is to Blame, which is included on Myopia. Rachel has always been an independent artist and started her own label and press records over 20 years ago. She tells me about that decision. We talk Passover, Law & Order, SVU, and even Mandy Patinkin comes up. Rachel was such a sweetheart, and here's my conversation with Rachel.
1: It turned my pages like a It made me feel just like a farmer's dog. You can't see, you can only feel Words in the way, nothing can say Kisses can steal I know you're afraid to grieve And I'll give you my open heart Your own keys to...
0: All right, Rachel, thank you so much for uh, joining me. I really appreciate
2: it. My absolute pleasure. Yeah, how was your,
0: uh, because we're recording this in the Passover, how's your Passover going?
2: My Passover has been great so far. You know, I feel like it's had that conscious focus to it that I I always prefer, where I really am meditating on the meaning of freedom, so... You know, kudos to my family seder yeah. for achieving that feat. <laughs> right? Yeah,
0: <laughs> my my wife as she was, she was putting together her yeah. seder plate, she realized she bought Italian parsley. Okay,
1: <laughs> so Sephardic parsley. Yeah, exactly. So yes. it was you know, okay. it was
0: interesting, but uh, <laughs> yeah, my daughter who is named Abby, you have a song. Uh huh. You know, I sure uh, do. Abby, yeah, wanted to do an Easter egg hunt. So nice. we, we didn't quite do that because we totally forgot but you know it's it's totally fine but you know um, what I
2: did I, I yeah. painted the the eggs that my mother I, I had hard those. boiled from right. the, the seder plate because I figured yeah. you know it's all good right celebrate the spring in a colorful way
0: a- absolutely <laughs> you know my mom came to, we hosted in Connecticut and she her first foray into making a pot roast because my grandmother used to do it the Ambitious. best way a couple of, and she' did a slow cooker and was absolutely wonderful. Perfect. But she got a little (laughs) nervous because no one was in her house for a while. So we got to go out. She's like, let me check in your house because it's not my house. It's your house and it blows (laughs) up. I'm so sorry. I'm like, okay, but it was great. Everything worked out.
2: Typical Jewish excitement. Totally.
0: Totally. (laughs) But uh, this podcast usually is, you know, living my youth and looking back, I first Mm -hmm. discovered your music morbid romantic back in... Wow! Yeah, in 1996.
1: Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah,
0: yeah. The one of the beauty things, I went to school up in Buffalo, and you miss the beauty of like record shops now.
2: Of course, and yeah. Oh, you had a good one up there. Yeah. it's not still there anymore, is it? Was a it record archive? Yes. Or? I remember playing yeah. there on the Ani DeFranco tour okay. I did. Okay, yeah, she's a Buffalo native, yeah. amazing place. Yeah,
0: because yeah, I went to Buffalo State, and Elmwood Avenue had all those little shops sure. and great, and then really a cool record shop, and that's how I discovered, you know, oh, your music, fantastic. so way back when, and um, has, like, you're on your 13th, right, <laughs> yeah, the full length? I know,
2: uh, it's amazing, I'm still so standing. Yeah, right, so I think by, by the time
0: we finish this, you probably on your 14th, uh. you know, but... You write all your music. Is most of it like kind of autobiographical?
2: Not really. You know, I would say maybe 30%. um, I'm just sort of taking a stab (laughs) in my my own darkness there. I I think it probably was more so when I first started putting out records. um, Mainly because up until then I had made demo after demo of um, just straight up pop music, radio tiered pop music yeah. since I was 12 years old, from, when, from then until when I went to college. And then I had sort of a seismic shift in terms of right. what my goals were, and, and in no small mm-hmm. part due to Ani DeFranco. So in the beginning of my recording career, I was very eager to release autobiographical material. You know, yeah. in your teens and 20s, you have an enormous amount to say that you right. feel like you haven't been able to mm-hmm. say, um, and, and a lot of that was personal. As, as my process progressed, uh, hopefully <laughs> <laughs> um, I became a lot more interested in other people's stories and also in finding that overlap between maybe the germ of an idea I got from my own life and how that intersected with something I might perceive from a film or uh, a novel or yes you know, historical events right. so it's that that overlap and that intersection that really you know grips me the most now
0: right now um, is you have like you wake up in the middle of the night you think of an idea do you like write it down or is sure? <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: yeah I mean there have been many times where I've lost songs mm-hmm. you know, people ask me that sometimes right. um, so you try to be prepared yeah. I mean it's sort of basic 101 of your craft right. is just respecting yeah. the muse and you learn that pretty young um, I was very fortunate that I had a four track from my bat mitzvah on, nice. that was a mm-hmm. gift that I was given by, by several relatives pooling together and realizing that for this particular yeah. bat mitzvah child, it was yeah. it made more sense to get that than, you know, a, a Tiffany pen or something. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so that was really my education in production and in in learning to, to get my ideas down. And those are kind of life lessons that I retain. And, and right. to this day, I always have a notebook mm-hmm. in my purse. and. Right. But I've written on everything. I mean, yeah. I've written on like paper napkins yes, and placemats, yeah. and you right. know, I'm not I'm fancy about it.
0: Exactly. You just you gotta use your notes on your uh, iPhone or something Whatever. like that. Yeah, now, sure. yeah, yeah. Know, it's not quite as romantic it. to say that. I know. But yeah. I
2: absolutely have mit- written many a song and many a poem, Home. especially right. on on the iPad. Yeah. God bless the iPad. Right. Exactly. <laughs> These are, yeah, beautiful times <laughs> with
0: that. Yeah. You mentioned your, your abatments for My son had his last year. It goes by so fast. Mazel tov. Thank up. you. Really <laughs> I was. I I was born spit, but I was a Hebrew school dropout. Oh like <laughs> Yeah,
2: Hebrew school, school dropout, dropout. Yeah, yes. no time for Torah. Did yeah. you did you sing or did you speak your?
1: I
0: I can say I didn't mind phonetically.
1: Okay. I, yeah, but right. you know
0: it was it, it was fine. I was tutored, and yeah, <laughs> everything it's worked out well. Pressure on okay. a You know, yeah. I feel like
2: it's something that we really. Sh- shouldn't necessarily do till we're maybe sixty. yeah it's
0: such a weird time in a child's life okay. you know a body and everything they must like have been more
2: ancient. mature back in, in the ancient times yeah. or something yeah
0: definitely not now because <laughs> <laughs> my son's 13 and he's far from it yeah yeah but um now we fast forward now to yes. myopia and <laughs> the meaning of myopia is like nearsightedness and kind of like the loss of or like that doesn't seem like you so is that kind of like ironic
2: well you know it's a lot of people actually think the meaning of myopia is narrow-mindedness okay. in terms of the, the socio-political right. meaning, and I took a lot of, um, you know, inspiration yeah. from that, as well as the literal, the clinical condition of right. myopia, which yeah. I do have. Um, okay. I am legally blind without my glasses. Okay. My, uh prescription in a contact lens is a 10 and I've been told I can never have that surgery so what I really was intrigued by was this well intrigued and also disturbed by um, the fact that people are so eager to cling to their own perspective without even wanting to listen or look at how anyone else is is perceiving things in this cultural moment and I think it's something that we're seeing of course on social media, on mm-hmm. Facebook, in politics and sometimes it seems justified right. and and even I am very guilty of doing that, um, just refusing to debate something that I feel so strongly is wrong um, and there's that line between standing up for what you believe and also being kind of tone-deaf or in yeah. this you know metaphor uh, blind, um, blind to, to other people's experiences and and unable to kind of open mm. your, your view on yeah. things. And I think that's sort of the dangerous mm. zone that we're in yeah. in this country. And, and so it was a very kind of meaty mm. um, metaphor for me yeah. to dig into. And it also is something that taps into my lifelong fixation with vision
1: okay.
2: and eyes and mm-hmm. eyesight and being a visual artist yeah. as well, it, it gave me just a lot of fodder songwriting-wise. So.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned just like this political time now, it's my daughter who has kind of had a couple of issues recently about going to school. Mm-hmm. She would kind of uh, cry in the morning, she's eight years old, and, yeah. and just didn't really Want to go to school But she wasn't like her at all And, and he, she's doing Found gym. out why I'm Found assuming. out why yeah. Also gymnastics That's how mm. we found out She does that And she loves it She's she cartwheels yes. And foot rolls yeah, like house, And howls. Everything's shaking yeah. yeah So she did not want to go uh, A couple weeks ago So she finally sat down With my wife And she broke down And told her Because my wife's a teacher In Sanford yeah. A kindergarten teacher is
2: Someone picking on her no, no She
0: didn't want mommy To get shot <gasps> Because Oh my She gosh. knows what happened In Florida We live wow. 20 minutes From Sandy Hook Oh. and
1: oh my and we gosh, talk about it's it in the house you
0: know, my wife and I talk about it you know not that we debate because we're on yeah. the same side and my son we talk about it so she picks up she's a small of little course. girl so now oh, we kind of yeah we kind of got it under control but it's it affects everyone now absolutely and it's so so everything sad.
1: is
2: con- connected everyone every, yeah. you know it, it's it's something that i think no matter what your political, yeah. you know, association is this this whole situation with violence in schools, it just breaks it right down to the core issue, right. which is quality of life. life, and you know how is how that is even debatable is beyond yeah. me, and yet here we are. Debating so, it, yeah, <laughs> but you know that wasn't really the, the issue that I was focusing on right. when I went to make this record. But my last EP, The mm. Tide, was very much focused on that. Um, it was after the Pulse tragedy and, yeah. and, and I had several songs that did address right. gun violence and, and also, um, you know, just the environment and, and all of the things yeah. that, that were upsetting me at the time. Right, um, yeah. and I kind of got that out of my system, I yeah. thought. And then I started to write this album and I really wanted it to be hopeful and I wanted it to be about opening yeah. the lens. So it's not, that my perspective is about narrowing it or um, that I I personally have lost yeah. it in any way. It's just using that metaphor to hopefully illuminate things.
0: Right. And one of the songs you have on here is actually a cover. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, so you and Howard Jones, you open up for Howard Jones yes. in Hartford. Um, Howard's one of my favorite artists oh, of all time. good. It was uh, such a treat. I yeah. just adore him. How is it like when you open up for an artist? Because I don't think, your name was on the ticket, and I, I knew that you were. Oh, yeah was it not? It was I not. Didn't know. So you might want
2: to <laughs> talk to some people about it. That. It was on the marquee, though. So yeah, that's what exactly matters. <laughs> right. Exactly.
0: So when people come in and they might not know you, sure. How do you like determine like your set list, and how do you try to like attract new fans that way?
2: Oh, I love this question,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> because the truth is, you know, I, I do a, a modicum of strategizing in terms of what I feel my best material is. Right to hook people in who, who have never heard me right. before. But at the end of the day, I really don't adhere to that set list mm-hmm. necessarily. I have kind of a, mm. a smaller repertoire right. for each tour, sure. um, and I've rehearsed that yeah. you know, <laughs> with my uh, musical partner, who this time around was the wonderful Kelly Halloran yeah, on great. Fiddle, yeah. she's fantastic. Yeah. And we talk about it together, and by then in the moment right. on stage, Sometimes I just pick something else, and she yeah. knows all my material. Sure, right. And a lot of it really is based on the energy that we're getting from the audience and you know, how they're responding to certain songs, certain yeah. dynamics. If they're a little chatty, mm-hmm. we have certain strategies okay. for that. Right. And, and usually at this point, you know we yeah. refine that. Right. One of the cliches that a lot of people think is that if people are really being chatty or not yeah. paying attention or they're just you know cu- walking yeah. in or at the bar or whatever, right. That you should play your loud oh, song. song right. But really, that that has never worked. And what, what always works is when we do something that just kind of shuts everybody up, we play yeah. the quietest thing. The or I have a song, I'm wearing a mic so I'm not going to do it too loud, right. but we're, it's a cappella clapping. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't know if you heard that one that yeah. night, but I've been haunted by objects right. for all... The minute we do that, Sounds. everybody was like, what's going on? Nice. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's certain things we do like that. And then I always make yeah. sure that I have a certain ratio up-tempo to intimate because, again, if someone doesn't know me yet, I think it's more about the energy and the music. They may not be listening to the lyrics quite as much.
0: Now, uh, my wife, who... Like, our musical tastes differ a, a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, she's more Billy Joel New Kids on the Block. but yeah.
2: You put Billy Joel and New Kids on the Block I, in the same category? I, yeah, that
0: is fascinating. I, I know, To me, Because I don't. I, no, I, I don't either, but that's, like, yeah. her, like... But I know, love Billy background. Joel, for yeah. the record. <laughs> exactly. So... And you won her over because usually I will drag her to concert, You know, she knows Howard Jones' a couple of songs, but yeah. she's like, "Oh, you know, she was great. You know, she, would, she was really great."
2: Oh, that's wonderful! Yeah, so you got a
0: seal of approval okay, there. <laughs> yeah. Now you mentioned before about like you know chatty crowds, and you played Sydney Whiteridge, which when I saw the English beat there, it was a pretty chatty crowd because it's you know a restaurant, people walking around. So did you have that experience too there?
2: No, in New York, it was really, really attentive. Right. And I, I kind of think of that, um, that venue nationwide yeah. as one that is an extremely focused listening right. room. I suppose the tone of the headliner mm-hmm. may set that tone. Yeah. So uh, upon occasion, I've seen someone like Ian Hunter there, right. and he's got a really loud, uh, big yeah. band. And maybe that's something that, right. you know, uh, impacts right. how, how the opener does. But, um, my experience on the Howard Tour was that, they came ready to hear a solo yeah. performer. They really wanted to listen. They love his lyrics yeah. and the fact that I was somewhat parallel as a, as a woman right. doing something similar right. at a keyboard mm-hmm. um, but something a little different in the mm-hmm. fiddle, everybody really listened beautifully and I think in that sense it's a great pairing and I, I certainly yeah. hope I get to do it again.
0: Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, th- that, was, that was really good. Now, how did you decide to pick, because he has so many great songs, uh, no one is to blame.
2: Oh, uh, it's just a no-brainer. <laughs> I mean, that's been my favorite song of his since I was a kid. And okay. when I first heard him, well, I, I saw mm-hmm. him do it uh, on MTV, right, you know, yeah. and, and I saw that video. And I just thought, who's this sensitive yeah. solo Solos. artist, yeah. you know, who's different from everything that's on the radio right now? And it really connected with me. At the time, I was much more of a synth-based mm-hmm. artist, which yeah. I'm not at all right. anymore, <laughs> uh, although I did play Moog on the record. Yeah. Um but I did it live, no MIDI. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and I just was fascinated by his perspective, his lyrics, he seemed really empathetic, mm-hmm. um, and I thought he had a lot of substance, and mm-hmm. I, I caught onto that really young, and, and that song stayed with me. It's many people's favorite song, wh- yeah. who enjoy his work. And, and I did actually play it on piano, at the coffee house when I attended Stanford University right. in, in my 20s. And, and then when I when it came around again and I decided to do it on this record, I thought, you know what? I'm going to do it a little differently. Yeah. So I got out my Wurlitzer and I played yeah. acoustic guitar on it, and I hope I gave it a little bit of a different
1: spin. You can look at the menu, but you just can't. You can feel the cushion, but you can't have a seat You can dip your foot in the pool, but you can't have a swim You can feel the punishment, but you can't commit the sin And you want her, and she wants you last piece of the puzzle but you just can't make it fit doctor says you're cured but you still feel the pain aspirations in the clouds where your hopes go down the drain and you will
0: You definitely did. I, you know, I loved it because usually, when you hear like you know your favorite songs covered, you fans kind of like, take ownership of the song when they really of shouldn't, you know. It's just That's okay, and you know, when you hear that, it's like wow, she knocked it apart, it's completely oh, different, thank and you. it was really good. Now, do you have you any other favorite songs of his that you kind of had to try to persuade him to play in the tour? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know,
2: one of the things I love about Howard is that I don't think he could be persuaded to do anything. <laughs> yeah. He is such an independent spirit, yeah. and while he's, you know, super low-key and, you know, kind of even on the shy, introspective side as a personality, yeah. he knows more than any anyone exactly what he wants to do. Yeah. He has incredible focus and vision and and... I I love that. So I would never even attempt to suggest what he should do, although upon occasion he would come off stage before an encore and realize he hadn't done No One Is to Blame Yet, and I would hear his tour manager say, Howard, you got to do that song, and I was thinking it to myself, so maybe if his tour manager hadn't said it, I would. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: So I'll go out there and play. (laughs) Did he enjoy your version?
2: He was so positive about right. it. Yeah. I, it was, I think, maybe the third to last show on the tour. And I sent him mm-hmm. a link to, to the song. And I just said, I, I really hope yeah. you, you know, you approve of this and you, right. and you mm-hmm. like it. And it's been an honor to be on the tour. And, right. you know, and he knows I love him. So, right, huh. um, respect all around. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I walked into sound check that day and we were just kind of, you know, kibitzing as we say. Yeah. Um, small talk and right. and then he he cut into that and he said here's my imitation my batting British imitation yeah. Rachel I really liked your you know, your version yeah. of my song and it you know you gave it your own spin and I, I, I had a little bit of a tear in my eye by the end of it and I just stood there kind right. of like wow well, um, like massive relief yeah, because hello. you just never know right like, what if he'd hated yeah, exactly. it? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. A little awkward. Yeah. Him, so I was delighted and, you know, he gave me a big hug and right. let me off the hook. So. That, that's
0: great. Now, you mentioned him being independent, driven, you know, say this, obviously the same t- with you, uh, opening your own label, Empress. Yeah. You know, so young. What
2: the heck was I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All these years later, you're, you're still, yeah, uh, still 20 doing it. years yeah. later.
0: Was that something you always intended to do?
2: Absolutely no. not. Um, when I was, you know, a, a teenager before I went to college, I, s- you know, certainly thought, well, I'm going to be on Atlantic Records or I'm going to yeah. be on Sony Records, right. and and it wasn't even a question to yeah. me. I was making all these demos, and yeah. and the goal was the operative goal was to probably get a lawyer, entertainment <laughs> lawyer, to shop it. You know, by the time I was 15, and yeah. you know, assuming my parents would let me to sign right. a publishing deal and all this stuff, and. Yeah. You know, I think I was on that track. I, I had a, a manager who happened to be Deborah Gibson's manager, okay. formerly known as Debbie. Ed, yeah. And in that time period, I connected uh, with a fantastic engineer producer named Andy Zula, who I actually still work with. Right. Um, but uh, a few right. things kind of shifted that. And one of them was my nice Jewish yeah. parents, who okay. were absolutely concerned that the music business was no place for a young teen girl mm. at that time. And they very much, uh, yeah. quote unquote, encouraged me right. to go to college before okay. I made any big decisions. Uh, of course, I went kicking and screaming mm-hmm. and I really yeah. didn't want to go. And right. it's, that's yeah. no secret, I've told that many times. Okay. Um, so, you know, once that happened and I was pretty bluntly told, honey, yeah. this has to wait, it, mm-hmm. it'll all, here's my impression, yeah. it'll all be there for you when you get out of college. <laughs> But you know, life changes, and I went to college, and I, my interest shifted. I became very active in the Women's Performance Collective at Stanford, which was um, a theater group focused on women's issues, especially um, body imagery and the media and eating disorders, and you know, other feminist mm-hmm. ideals. And you know, that kind of got me thinking. Why should someone else have all, be pulling all the strings and telling me what to do, telling me how to sound, telling me how to look? And that's what happens in college. You learn to think for yourself. Okay. And I started to question the paradigm of the major label system. So by the time I got out of college, I had absolutely been inspired by, you know, artists like Indigo Girls, who had mm-hmm. initially put out their own recordings right. before they signed to Epic, um, Ani. Uh, Lorena McKennet mm-hmm. and a, a bunch of uh, indie artists in the Bay Area too, who never necessarily became uh, mainstream, yeah. but but they were influential. And so, yeah, that's about when that shift yeah. happened for me.
0: That's great because you see so many artists who aren't major labels they'll come out with, or, or attempt to come out with an album, and unfortunately, the business side you know yeah. prevents it from ever seeing the light right. Of day. Right.
2: Well, s- when I was first in New York, I did have a handful of, of good friends who signed with major labels. And their records got Mm -hmm. kind of trapped in limbo and their A&R person would get dropped and they had spent six months maybe spending hundreds of thousands of dollars recording at a fancy place, putting their heart and soul into the, into the music. And they never even got to sell it from the stage, you know. So that was something that also impacted my decision to remain indie and just to keep at it and and learn the business. And once I got into it, I, I found that I enjoyed that as well.
0: And you don't basically have anybody telling you, you know, what songs to put on or, you know, the order of the songs uh, or when to release an album. For better or worse, all the
2: decisions are are mine to make. Right.
0: (laughs) How many artists do you have on your label? Well, let's see. Let's count them. We have
2: the wonderful Seth Glear, who just won three independent music awards this past weekend. So we're very Mm -hmm. proud of him. A Fragile Tomorrow, who are a fantastic Mm. kind of punk pop band. Um, And they're in the studio now finishing their new album. We also have Kay's Choice on mm-hmm. our roster, who are a Belgian band, um, and one of my favorite acts from the 90s, mm-hmm. so that was a real honor. And we've released uh, Melissa Ferrick mm-hmm. as well, and solo artists Dom and Sean Kelly.
0: Oh, great. That's, that's awesome. Now, uh, back to Myopia for a sec. you have a song, uh, Olivia, yeah, uh, on there. Yeah. And um, I know the background. It's great. I'm a oh, big Law & Order you. fan as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
2: well, I mean... I, I have thought that the character Olivia on Law and Order SVU has been, you know, Wonder Woman on television for many, many years. So when the actual Wonder Woman came out, I
1: I was like, why wasn't she playing her? (laughs) (laughs) Right.
2: (laughs) But, yeah, I'm such a fan of the show. It keeps me company late at night Uh, while I'm doing my Empress work and painting paintings. And I just find, you know, the the characters on that show to be so strong and inspiring. Mm -hmm. And and the... uh, you know, the bad guys and, and girls are, uh, highly disturbing. They, so there must totally be something are. a little off with me that I, I Enjoy. like the show right. so much, but what I, what I like, of course, is seeing good prevail. So yeah,
0: absolutely. And she's such a, a powerful woman. And, yeah. And, and on People
2: Magazine this week, so oh, good for great, her. Yeah. <laughs> and
0: it's good. It mean, cause like, when, uh, Christopher Maloney left the show, yeah. people thought, eh, how is it going to survive? Right, and he it's, was, yeah, he was great too. Yeah. And it kind of you know kept on going in ten years or something like that. It
2: goes to show you, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I was obsessed
0: with the original. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jerry Orbach, you know, he would have Mm -hmm. his little Mm -hmm. couple line one liners, and they go to the open of the show. (laughs) Yeah. Now uh, song songwriting now, um, Mm -hmm. and I'm kind of all over the place. Um, Have you like I'm sure like every writer experienced, like writer's block, right?
2: On occasion. Yeah. I mean. I try not to panic when I sort of yeah. look at the calendar and right. realize I haven't written a song in, yeah. in a month or whatever. I, I think what I've learned over the years, because this is a, a long arc for me, yeah. is that it's less about being blocked than about the fact that I may not be doing what I know I should do to open those channels. I mean, it it's not as... It's magical sometimes <laughs> you walk down the street and a song just comes to you. You yeah. have to duck into a cafe and you scribble it down, and it's the most amazing feeling because you really do feel like this is coming through me and and it will be ascribed to me, but I didn't have a whole lot yeah. to do with it right. <laughs> um, and then w- when that's happened, that's because you were open and y- you were listening you know to to something going on, and so knowing that. I do feel like I have a little bit more control over the faucet, yeah. being on or off. So I, yes, there's been <laughs> writer's block, but right. I, if it's really a problem, mm. or I feel like I need to write a certain song, or even a song yeah. that I've been hired to write for a charity or right. Right. you know an event, which has happened uh, many times, you can s- sort of seclude yourself, so, and yeah. light those candles, and tell everybody to leave you alone yeah. for a couple of days, and, and make it happen.
0: And some of the songs you've written—I mean, they're all—they're all brilliant. But um, oh, a lot goodness, of thank you, I mean, sure. A lot of like Jewish artists um, will write Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. Most of them are famously written by. Uh, I love
1: Christmas music. Yeah,
0: and you—you <laughs> you did an EP called Joy.
2: I did, yes, and that was fun. Yeah, what
0: I loved about it, you had a majority of Hanukkah songs on it.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, Chachki and Latkis Yeah, exactly. And Hanukkah uh, in the, and Villa, the village. Yeah. A was a young woman, and I had my own home. Mama gave me permission to use her special recipe. Potatoes, oil, a dash of salt. Onions, bad breath, boy, give I became a maharap on a delicacies. One, two, three, everybody now. Keys, Keys. How hard would those to write?
0: It kind of fun, <laughs> easy, or little you know,
2: <laughs> I wrote them under pressure, so this is a good lesson. I, right. I work very well under a deadline, okay. and even though it may not be good for my blood pressure, <laughs> right. it is good for my uh, for my repertoire. Um, a few years back, I well, this is something that yeah. I do in general, which you know I actually encourage people to do. I booked a show at Joe's Pub, mm-hmm. and I gave it a title. And I called it, you know, sequence and spiel. <laughs> and then I had to write a song yeah. for that theme. And, and another time, you know, I booked another holiday show, Tchotchkes and Lockies. <laughs> and I, it yeah. forced me to write a theme song, Tchotchkes right. and Lockies. And I did it down to the wire. I did it like two days before. Right. And I brought it into rehearsal on yeah. a crumpled piece of paper. paper. And I said, <laughs> okay, guys, we're learning yeah. this. And I had a, a violinist and a cellist... And they really brought it to life um, I was playing Jingle Bells yeah. and it was fun and kind of silly and then I kind of forgot about it um, so when I decided to make an EP I realized I had already mm. had that song I wanted to cover a, a beautiful Christmas song so J- Joy to the World was obvious for me because I've always right, loved the yeah. song and who doesn't need more joy of in the world especially now. <laughs> um, and then Hanukkah and the Village you know, I got that first line by looking out the window of my apartment in right. the village, seeing the Patricia Fields sale sign yeah. on sale right. <laughs> in, in pink neon. And that first line just yeah. came to me, and then the rest of the song flowed, and I realized, you know, I had something there. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, and then you included one of them on Myopia now, too.
2: Which one did I include? Uh, oh! Umra um, Remain- um, Remain- um, Remain- yes. yes. Yeah. Umra um, Minah is a song that I learned, a, a Yiddish song. Right. Um, that I learned for the National Yiddish Theater for one of their charity events. And the head of of that company, the the musical director, Zalman, he approached me and and asked if I'd like to learn a Yiddish song, and frankly, I was petrified. (laughs) Because as much as I like to do this accent all day long until the cows come home, I did not speak a word of Yiddish, I only can do the impression. (laughs) So, but he said, don't worry, it's an easy one he played it for me and I just thought it was yeah. so beautiful so I put a ballad version on my um, my holiday EP mm-hmm. and then when I went to do my album Myopia yeah. I was kind of fooling around mm-hmm. like just right. kidding playing yeah. sort of like a Patti Smith you know rocked out yeah. version and my band was yeah. like wow that's really cool yeah. we should do that I was like Okay, right. so that's
0: what happened Yeah, because I you know, heard it first on Joy And I'm like, wow, this version's really it's cool It's pretty different, like right? like you said, it's more Patty Smith than Mandy Patinkin Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah really funny Yeah, but this was, this was, I know you have to go I mean, this was uh, oh, a real treat Oh, that's
2: okay And it's yeah. a pleasure to be ending a, an interview With dropping the words Mandy and Patinkin Yeah, so <laughs> exactly Having my, just caught up on Homeland Oh, I'm, I'm a few episodes behind right now uh, I, was catching I won't up give on the anything a Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but my OP is out uh, May 4th. Yes. Uh, it's fabulous. Everyone uh, recommend to listen and get it. Uh, Rachel, thank you so much for doing this.
2: My pleasure. Thank you for having me.
1: It's always easy to be open to a stranger. It's always easy to be someone else at night. It's always easy to be brave when you're in danger Hold me like a candle, shine me like a light to be open to a loved one inevitably there is too much expectation it's never easy to be open to a loved one oh, man. It's easy to be open to a stranger. It's always easy to be someone else at night. It's always easy to be brave when you're in danger. Hold me like a candle, shine me like a light.
0: And a special thanks to Rachel for joining us today. You just listened to the song "Spark," which comes from Iopia. That's out May 4th. You can go to rachelsage.com. You can follow her on Twitter at rachelsage. You can follow me on Twitter at thefirstnoel19. Be sure to like the page "Reliving My Youth" on Facebook. You can go to iTunes, check out past episodes, and while you're there, please rate and review the show. Special thanks to everyone who's listening. I can't do it without you guys. And be on the lookout for another episode of Reliving My Youth. We'll see.